Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Ladies and gentlemen, so without further delay, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey everyone, it's Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. And before we start this uh, Halloween Eve episode for you guys, there's a couple things I want to go over. Um, Number one, we're super excited about this episode because it came from a listener. So once again, we want to urge, if any of you guys have great paranormal or cryptid stories or you know friends that do, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear it. And who knows, you may become a guest and have a have your very own episode i mean uh this episode with them is spectacular we're so glad that she uh decided to get a hold of us we think you're going to enjoy it too especially uh this being halloween weekend um number two we are closing in on our 100th episode Next Friday, next Friday's episode will actually be our 100th episode, which is crazy for us to even say. And in celebration of that milestone, we are putting together a Patreon page for From the Shadows podcast listeners. Uh, And what a Patreon page is, is uh, there's different levels of patronage that you guys can sign up for if you choose to. Uh, What it does is it helps us uh, with a little bit of uh, support from you guys. Keep doing what we're doing. Buy some new equipment. um, Make sure that we can keep everything running and sounding good or much better, let's hope. Um, But with that, there's there's lots of... uh, unique gifts and rewards and merchandise that's available um, by being a Patreon, uh, including um, a special episode each month by the judge, 
um, another special episode every month by the Ozark Howler, and at least one listener ep- uh, episode um, where we take a story from one of our listeners and share it with everybody. Um, so we will have the information out about that on our um, Facebook pages after the shadows and the uh, from the shadows podcast page as well as our Instagram account. Um, we'll we'll tell everybody how they can find that and become a Patreon of the show. And we we certainly appreciate all the support our listeners have given us. Um, one other thing, uh, a song that I co-wrote called I'm Talking to Ghosts that many of you who follow us closely have probably heard on our After the Shadows forum page um, got cut by a country artist named C.J. Garten. Uh, it is actually being released 10.31 a.m. on 10.31, which is Halloween, obviously, uh, to Spotify, Apple, all over the world. It's going to radio. Um, it's a little bit different um, than the song that you've probably already heard because uh, it's by a different artist, but it's kind of a cool take on the song. Um, so we'd certainly appreciate if all you guys... Go check that song out. Look it up. Look up C.J. Garten. Check out his stuff, especially if you like old country. Um, and let us know what you think. Uh, we'll put a link up uh, this weekend so you guys can find it easily or just go search it out for yourself. And uh, like I said, let us know. C.J. will be glad to hear some some good, good reviews on the song. And then I, I don't want to make a big deal, but today is actually my birthday. So... Anybody wants to send gifts or birthday wishes, I'll gladly accept both. Um, And I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but uh, it's nowhere near the triple digits that we're reaching with our episode next week of From the Shadows podcast. So I may look triple digits, but uh, I'm not there yet. So, but it's great to celebrate my birthday with all of our fans because this has been a fun ride and we certainly appreciate you guys checking us out, listening to us and all the support that you guys have given us. So happy Halloween, everybody. And we hope you enjoy this episode because we certainly did. Welcome everybody to the From the Shadows podcast and our very special Halloween 2020 episode uh we're very excited um it also happens to be somebody's birthday on the podcast i won't say whose or how old the gentleman might be or may not be but uh just know that i'm glad to be spending my birthday and halloween with uh all the from the shadows podcast Fans. Well, this is Jason, the producer, and I want to say that it's not the ball-headed black man with the long beard. (laughs) I just throw that out. Well, that gives it away then, because it's just me and it's just me and you. So, um, so thanks everybody for spending uh, your Halloween and my birthday with with (laughs) us on the podcast, Um, and for this. You know, we're really excited. This is this is how we came across this guest. Um, we've we kind of threw it out there on social media, asking people if you had any really good stories, uh, any or knew anybody that had any really good stories, and 
I, I got we got this message on our After the Shadows forum of hey um, hands in the air I'm over here I I work for a cleaning company that cleans some haunted houses. Okay, well you don't have to twist my arm to want to know what the next uh, the next thing coming is behind it. So I got a hold of this person and she told me some pretty crazy stories that she's going to tell uh, all of our listeners tonight. M from Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining us on From the Shadows podcast. How are you doing? Yay. Hi, guys. And a very, very happy birthday to you, Shane. I think that it's awesome that we get to spend it with you. So, yay. Thank you. And, and yes, don't ask because I'm not telling you how old I am. <laughs> but I am old. I was old enough. To, I was old enough to go vote. I will say. That. <laughs> but you know, with 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 uh, you have the the ancient wisdom now. You know, the older you get, the more wisdom you have, the better experiences. I'm. I, I think that's a good thing. Em, you never said you were going to come on here and just lie. So I <laughs> I don't know. Can we believe anything she's going to say? For- well, his new nickname is going to be Gandalf. holy smokes holy smokes and we were discussing this before we went off on the air like calling you know calling you m we feel like we're in the middle of a james bond movie like (laughs) oh yeah q's is q the one that does the weapons yeah okay yeah so m's in charge of all the uh, ghost stories how hey, that, that sounds I'm, good to I'm, me. I'm just as mysterious and, and, and neurotic at times as well, so it works out. That's perfect, right. perfect. So, <laughs> so, so, um, you you got a hold of me. You said, "Hey, I got some stories," and yes, you got some good stories. So, you want to give us a little background on, you know, what it is you do and how you got into. I mean, and maybe there's something from your childhood that you want to like confess right now. You know that you had happen or whatever you know maybe a good story from then we don't have to jump right into the cleaning business stories <laughs> but you know yeah that's yeah, fine um you're yeah, you're it's so, your uh, it's your your microphone go ahead no problem so um i have been a fan of you guys for a while uh i actually listen to your podcast quite frequently when i'm on jobs that's one of the nice parts about um cleaning job is a lot of times we can just stick in headphones or whatnot and just you know do our thing and it's great um i actually didn't even see the message out on the forums of does anybody have anything my best friend actually is also a big fan of uh the podcast and she said oh hey they put out this message and you should totally let them know i mean they'd love to hear it and Quite frankly, I'm like, I don't know, uh, cleaning a haunted house, I don't know exactly how exciting that is, but I, you know, so I put it out there, and I'm very honored that you guys, you know, uh, got in touch with me, and it's really big honor to do the Halloween show, and that is really, really awesome, so I really appreciate it, and this this is really cool, this is really cool. So um, I have been with this cleaning company for about uh, four and a half years. So about five years, but um, uh, we'll say four and a half years. Um, And we work in the D.C. metro area. Uh, So we service uh, Maryland, Virginia, um, D.C., and then we've done some other jobs uh, elsewhere, a couple up in Pennsylvania, just very, you know, if we're called on to do that. And, um, yeah, so 
Uh, we're a mid-sized company, I'd say. I don't want to give too many details, but we're a mid-sized company. There's about 20 of us um, employees, a smattering of managers, and then our owner. And when I went into this job, haunted houses were not something that I even thought about, and I don't think a lot of people do. Um, I myself grew up, so I don't know if it's very noticeable, but um, a lot of people tell me they can hear that I have a little bit of an accent, and the reason is because... I am a transplant to the U.S. from Australia, um, no, I where never... I grew up as a child. And, yeah, so we have uh, – so I've always been interested in cryptids. Um, we have our own set of cryptids in um, Australia, uh, one that you guys probably know of and would, you know, and would be interested in and probably a lot of your listeners is we have our own version of Sasquatch, which is called a Yowie. Yep. yep. And um, – isn't really I, every like, animal in Australia a cryptid? Like, like know, the <laughs> like the duck no platypus. In Australia can kill you, and uh, not far from that. But no, it's it's. Uh, but I, I I came to the U.S. and so some of the accent I guess has remained. But um, I let's see. Uh, I started this job uh, about four and a half years ago, and. Oh, I apologize, guys. I'm kind of messing this up. <laughs> You're not messing anything up. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, well, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand is that um, haunted houses or houses that have activity um, are probably a little bit more common than people think about. And I had no idea about that going into. I didn't particularly grow up in any houses that were haunted. I never really had a lot growing up happen to me that you would be, you would consider paranormal activity. I mean, it was always something, you know, I read about it. And when you're interested in cryptids, you kind of, you know, read about and have an interest in other things. But I've never been, I was never a person to believe in ghost stories. Or things like that. I thought they were fun. I thought, you know, in horror movies and, you know, the eclectic ghosts that would, would haunt houses and things and, you know, books and other media and whatnot. So I had no no thoughts about this when I went into this job. And our company is a little bit special in the fact that we don't just clean for houses um, or residential um, places. We clean for small business. Uh, small businesses, historical sites, and we are actually certified um, to be contracted out for hoarding jobs and crime scene cleanup. So oh, we geez. we dabbled in a little bit of everything. <laughs> Holy oh, moly! Yeah. And I and I got to add, yeah. I think I think just surviving in Australia as a kid probably. Probably, probably is a supernatural experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I just am always amazed when I hear people talk about the stuff that could kill you in Australia, and it's like, well, why would anybody live there? Well, we have over seventeen hundred <laughs> listeners in Australia now. Oh, jeez, no kidding. Yes, well, is it? It's, it's... Is it all your fault that we're? We yeah, is listeners? it all your fault? We we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. It's all my fault. No, um, but uh, Australia. Yeah, so you all know what I'm talking about. But uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So I, so haunted houses. They're something like I said, probably a little bit more common than people think about. But 
when I refer to a haunted house, I'm talking about a place we in, in our company. Um, it is a well-known fact that uh, we do deal with haunted locations. It's become kind of a norm when you're in this business that happens. And the funny part is I'm sure if you asked um, cleaners in other cleaning companies, they'd probably agree with me that um, – they they have had their fair share of activity or there's houses that they had to stop cleaning um, because of the activity or houses that their uh, employees just wouldn't touch. And there's out of the 20 of us cleaners there, I'm part of, we joke that we're part of that elite group of about <laughs> four of us who have absolutely no problem cleaning for houses with this activity uh, you know, so I, I, and I don't know why, but I just, it's never been anything that I've ever really been afraid of. I think it's because, um, I kind of accept it as just part of the universe. Like I, it's not going to stop me from doing a job. I don't know how to explain it, but I was, I was going to go sick or twisted, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but apparently, but apparently, but that may go back to like what you survived growing up as a kid. Um, what's a little bit of you know? What's a little bit of stuff moving around and you know some noise is gonna do you know? You know, there's no spiders in there that are gonna kill you. It's a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so you went. So when you started this, you like it. What like did somebody take you aside and said, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna go to some place." And it's it's going to get a little crazy. Or did they just let you, being the new person, figure it out on your own and ask some questions? Um, or, or how did it? Yeah. So my boss never brought it up to me. When I was hired, it wasn't like on the application. By the way, if you get hired to work with us, you'll probably end up cleaning a house where there's ghosts. That's not really something that's placed on the application. But... Um, my, uh, I had, uh, started work, everything was fine. And the first time I, um, cleaned for, I experienced paranormal activity on the job was probably about four months into my work there. I went to clean a house and I was down in the basement and I remember asking the, um, the customer who happened to be home at the time, and I was like, um, it, they had cats, and when a uh, customer has pets, we take our own precautions with that, because I love pets, like I have plenty of my own, um, and I, it doesn't bother me when people have pets, but you know, you got to take precautions, so I asked them, I'm like, I have to go down in the basement, would you prefer me to leave the door open, or the door closed, so that your cats don't get down there, and their response was, Oh, they never go down there. They refuse to go down there, so you don't have to worry about that. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I went downstairs. The animal that can sense everything refuses to go yeah. down there. But you're okay. and cl Just close the door behind you. <laughs> well, I, I've just left the door open just for, for um, whatever reason. But I remember going downstairs, and I had set my um, equipment down um, on the floor. And I went to take out trash that was down there, like bag trash that was down there. And my mop, which had been on the floor, was picked up and tossed. And I'd say tossed a good foot, maybe two feet. 
And I literally stood there looking at it going, okay, like, all right. So I picked up my mop and I set it against the wall. And not, I wouldn't necessarily call it denial, but if you don't, have you never experienced that? Or even if you have experienced activity and then something of that nature happens, your first, I, I would hope that somebody's first, response mental response would be to go okay i don't know what that was but we're not going to jump to conclusions you know i don't yeah, i didn't go cleaning the house expecting there to be something down there but uh, i set my mop against the wall and i went to continue cleaning and before i knew it i literally watched my mop get picked up and and the pad of the mop which was on like a it, it, it has an odd connector flipped the pad up and the mop kind of shuffled over it's kind of hard to explain of course but the only way for that mechanism to to move is to be physically hoisted to be physically lifted it's not something it's not like on a hinge or there's nothing hydraulic there's there's no clasp so it's not something that could just happen by accident you have to physically move the mop in order to have it do that and that was when I was like, okay. And I don't know what ca- caused me to do it. It just kind of came out. I was just like, I'm just trying to do my job here. So if you got any issues, take it up with the customer. Like I said that out loud. I have no idea why. Still to this day, don't. <laughs> Did it didn't work? Have any other, didn't have <laughs> any other issues. But I did go back to my boss that day and I went, Hey, I just thought I'd let you know this is what happened. I have no idea. And that is when my boss kind of sat me down and said, Look, this is something that happens. Um, we do have some locations that we clean where things are very unexplained. Um, you will go on crime scene cleanups if you go, that there are things that are unexplained and it's just part of the job. And just let me know if that's something that you're uncomfortable with. And I totally get it if you want to quit. Like she was very, my boss is very chill. I love the owner of our company. She's fantastic. And she's very, she is one of those people where if she says something, she's a very respectable member of the community and everything. And if she says something, she's not lying. So she said it very straight face. And I looked at her and I was like, I, it doesn't bother me. And it really didn't. It didn't. I just, it, I was just like, nope, didn't bother me. And so she's like, great. And from there, she actually assigned me um, down the road um, so a couple months later, she assigned me a house that became um, a permanent facet of my schedule that was definitely, I would say, haunted. So the house that I cleaned with the mop, I wouldn't call that haunted. It had activity, <laughs> but we define a haunted house by if the activity is blatant, obvious, and constant. So, so another, I was only, I only, in other words, that house was New Zealand. The next house was Australia. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Now, now let me now let me ask when you so the basement. <clears throat> Was that like a, uh, like a like a you know a dark dank pl- d- place or was it a nice? Ba- I mean, is it like we're you know I'm sitting here imagining this 
creaky cellar steps that you're going down and you can see the exposed brick wall and there's a concrete floor. Is that the kind of basement or are you, or is it like a newer house? Like, like a finished basement. Like that, yeah. So that basement was a finished basement, but the house was a little on the older side. I think it was built in the sixties and it probably hadn't had much done to it in terms of, um, it was it certainly wasn't neglected, but it had probably hadn't had much work done on it. In any capacity since it was built. Oh dear! If you if, old, if, if you think the sixties, if you think the sixties is old, then I'm not telling you how old I am. So <laughs> for a house these days, it's, it's a little <laughs> on the older side. But it's mm-hmm. it's the one thing though that I am very keen to when I go into a place and it does have activity. The first thing, especially if it's in some place like a basement, the first thing I look at is. How old is this basement? Does it have exposed wiring? Does it have a lot of Ah. piping? Like, is that kind of stuff? Because I know that there are certain things that old wiring can elicit, certain wavelengths that can um, affect the human body. And and that particular basement, as far as I remember, did not have any of that. But um, even if it had i'm pretty sure seeing my mop move that length and react the way it did i can definitely say it was probably not a hallucination yeah and, and <laughs> so, so it's like you actually saw this happen it wasn't like it happened and then you looked over and saw the end result you saw it happening as it was as it was taking place i did it happened my i had set my uh my equipment down the trash can that I was emptying was literally right next to my equipment and I saw the mop move and it's what gave me pause because when you see something like that happen and you really don't expect it your initial reaction is like okay that how did that happen my brain was attempting to understand how that happened and again, I don't want to say denial, but I was just like, okay. And then again, I put it against the wall and it moved again in such a way that it would have had to have been physically messed with to happen. And that was, I'd say, my first foray into realizing that, yeah, there are houses and they're not just houses because we clean more than houses, but there are locations where it, they are active and some are very active and some are not. And some of the activity is not at all malicious or bad or malevolent and some of the activity is what some may refer to as demonic Um, and I've had those experiences but since I take the road of I don't know what causes paranormal activity I don't know what causes it I don't know what makes it I don't know where it comes from I don't really know what ghosts are I don't know if I really believe in demons i guess that's how i could describe it so i don't know where it comes from so i personally don't feel comfortable calling activity ghosts or um demonic or something like that because i i don't know what it is and i don't know what causes it i just know it's not na- it's not necessarily natural and it is outside the scope of normality so i can definitely happily call it paranormal activity but again, unless I go to a place and the activity is very frequent and very blatantly obvious, I don't even I'm not even comfortable calling some locations haunted. I they just happen to be active. Uh, if you're, that just, makes any sense. you're just spoiled. You're now, spoiled now. <laughs> now, Em, I was wondering, uh if 
if you had a place like this where you actually would you classify that as a um poltergeist activity so i actually have looked into and done a little bit research because in my mind if i'm going to be dealing with this kind of activity i kind of want to get a sense of what it is right so in my from my basic understanding and i am no scholar you guys have interviewed a lot of amazing people on your podcast which is why i'm such a fan and i mean some very very you know you could definitely call them specialists uh, mm-hmm. you know, in their fields or whatnot. And I very much respect that. I am not a specialist. I am a house cleaner <laughs> by trade. And um, uh, so I, I don't know the be-all, ends-all. But from my understanding, when activity physically manifests itself in something physical, um, my mop moving, or for example, I've been in locations where I've had things thrown at me, mm. I would classify that as yes. Uh, poltergeist activity. Yes. Um, I like to be, and I used to be of the persuasion that poltergeist activity was primarily not ghosts, but rather the physical, bear with me, the physical manifestation of energy from a human conduit, if that makes sense. Somebody yeah. is causing that. There's so much emotion that's causing that. And that's what I used to believe. I don't know how much I believe that anymore because I have cleaned for, for example, one of the places, and I still clean for it, is a historical site in Maryland. It's a beautiful historical site, and it's, it's wonderful. But there are, that place is definitely a place that I would call haunted, and it does have a lot of activity. But that is not a place that people live in. They lived in it at one time but they don't live in it anymore. It's used for certain things, but there's not someone constantly on premises. So if poltergeist activity is primarily attached to a human conduit, somebody forcing that to manifest, it doesn't hold much water when you consider that there isn't a person in there all the time. So I don't know exactly what poltergeist activity is caused by, but I definitely would classify if the if if things are are physically moved, if they've you know everything from my mop to a dish being thrown, then yes, I classify that personally as poltergeist activity. Yes, and uh, I I feel the same way you do, Em, and um, I also feel that uh, there's got to be some type of energy for them to make these type of manifestations or uh, to be able to move objects such as that. Well, the 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 one thing though is is. That plate, those places might be empty and nothing may happen until right. M shows up and provides the energy. That could be the case. You know, we just don't because know. Because it sounds like she, uh, you know, probably has enough energy for well, a seems, couple. She seems guys very, that... very energetic. Yes, yes. So, so you get, so you get through your first experience. Your boss, you go to your boss. Your boss is probably thinking. Sweet, we got another sucker. I mean, we got another great <laughs> employee, and so they step it up a notch and send you somewhere else. That's uh, that's de- that you're claiming is that is is way more active than the first place. So, what was your experience then? Going and did they warn you ahead of time that you were going, or did they just again let you go in and not not having any uh, prejudice as you walked in? So I end up. Cleaning for these active locations or other employees do in one of two ways. 
one, we are uh, we are hired to clean a place, and I think it's pretty obvious. The paranormal activity in itself has a stigma attached to it, like most things. It is something that normal people don't really talk about much uh, on the outside, simply because there's quite a few people who what is she are saying in denial about that it exists. What, 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 when... what are you trying to say about me and Jason? <laughs> We're not no, like normal. I, I believe me, I'm on your guys. Okay, I'm okay. On your guys' level. I, I fully believe. And again, it wasn't that I was necessarily a non-believer going into this job, but I certainly wasn't somebody who really thought about it. It was just like, oh, ghosts are something for Halloween, or the stories that you know you told around the campfire growing up at camp and things like that. But I, um, part of me. But I never, like, it wasn't something I actively thought about or actively believed in. I didn't even give it much thought at all. Now I can say after having these, a, a, a considerable amounts of experiences, especially um, one of which I will be happy to regale you guys with, and I know Shane was very excited to hear about, and mm-hmm. that has definitely set me on the path of, I, I believe this stuff exists. I know it does. Um, I actually find it quite humorous that there are still a vast majority of humans that deny this stuff exists. I'm right I there with you, right there with you on that I, one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very arrogant to assume that we totally understand everything the universe has to offer and how it works. There are things that we can't explain, and there are activities in these houses we can't explain. So when somebody hires our company to clean, and the location is active. Um, there are, it is very rare that we get people who, when they hire us, tell us, you know, during the consultation, oh, by the way, it's haunted, you know, because you, that's not something you openly disclose, I think, because you're so afraid of people not wanting to clean. Because a lot of people, they don't. Again, there's 20 of us in our company, and only four of us who are comfortable going into a location we know is active um, and it's, you know, we're totally fine with it. Um, So they they don't normally disclose that, but there are occasions where we're told by some customers, oh, by the way, there are some weird things that happen. You know, if you're not, I will say this, the vast majority of customers who do say, oh, there's activity here. If you don't want to clean, I totally get it. They're very understanding. But keep in mind, I've been doing this for close to five years now, and I've done thousands of jobs. Some of those jobs I've done multiple times, but I have done thousands. And I would say only maybe three dozen of those have actually had activity and I can count on one hand the locations I personally have cleaned for on a regular basis that I can definitively call haunted. So it's not like it's every cleaning, but I, I think people would be surprised to know, again, that it's a lot more common than, than they would normally think. So for me, after my first experience with the moth, I... My uh, A lot of times when I go into a place that does have activity, I have no idea. Nobody knows about it. We just get hired to clean, and that's that. Um, but there are a few instances where uh, one of my coworkers will be assigned to a location to clean. And we've had ex- 
I've I've had um, you know experiences where my coworker has been told, okay, the job is going to take you four hours, and they last about twenty five minutes and run out and call my boss and they're like, I can't I can't clean, it's too scary, I can't you know, and then she calls on one of us and is like, do you want to take this job? And we go in and nine times out of ten, yeah, there's some activity there. But I don't know why it would cause anybody to run out screaming. I have no idea. I guess if you have a, a very sensitive constitution to those things, I can understand, and I try not to be judgmental. But for me, like that mop, I cleaned the, I cleaned that location two more times, I think. Um, and, yeah, each time I cleaned, there was stuff happening, that stuff, little things that happened, but nothing that would have made me leave. Now, can you real? No. Can you could you sense that the cats were like laughing at you as you walked down the stairs? Going, <laughs> going, that stupid human! I can't believe. It. Well, I got a Honestly, question. Those cats probably wanted me to go away because I'm a massive animal lover. Like I have, I have quite the menagerie at home, and I guess I can chalk that up to my Australian, my Aussie upbringing because I, I feel like most of us. You know, in Australia, love animals. We kind of have to because love, there's love a them lot till, of them. Love them till they kill you. <laughs> but uh, every time I every time I go to a customer's house and they have animals, I'm like, I pet them. And these cats were like, get away from me. Like, why are you even, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how animals can uh, sense things that we can't. But uh, also, Definitely. have you noticed when you're in a location cleaning, going about your regular duties... Do you notice any like temperature changes before things start to happen, or is it uh, they just happen and and you don't have any type of forewarning at all? Sometimes I'd say it's about half and half, and it depends on the activity. If it's poltergeist activity, for example, I'm sure whatever we'll call it an entity, for lack of a better term, right. Um, whatever entity is causing these things to happen or using the energy to do that, that probably takes a great deal of power. So there are temperature changes that happen. A lot of the time, too, it's you'll go in the room and the the change won't happen. It will already have happened. So I'll go into a room that happens to be particularly cold and I can't figure out why, especially if the rest of the house is, is reasonably warm. Sometimes things are unseasonably hot in the middle of winter. Sometimes that happens. But then there are those instances where there's a gradual change in temperature that you do notice. Like suddenly it hits you going, it's cold. Or, yes, there are times where I have experienced, right before I've experienced activity, the temperature has dropped exponentially to the point that I can actually see my breath. And I've seen it in movies, and it has happened before on very rare occasions. Um, honestly, I will say this. More often than not, those extreme quick temperature changes are happen on um, crime scene cleanups that we do. That uh, I, I don't know if that would be expected or not, but, yeah, that has happened more often on not than, a, than a cri- at a crime scene cleanup. So. <laughs> so, geez, uh. You're making you're making me the temperature feel a little bit chilly, <laughs> So so you go so what was then some of the other things that you then began to experience when they started sending you into places that were definitely active? 
So I will tell you about my absolute, one of my absolute favorite houses to clean. I loved this place, um, and I am so sad that I don't clean for it any longer. Um, <clears throat> this uh, was a house that you could not say it wasn't haunted. Even normal people could say it was haunted, and it was to the point where I do not sit there with my phone out. I don't tape everything. I definitely, I'm just not the kind of person that does that. I don't even do that on vacations or when I go on a holiday and I don't like sit there and tape things. Like it's just not me. But it, there was activity that I literally filmed just to show my boss. And this house was my favorite because, and I'm, I'm glad I get the opportunity to bring this up because I don't, I, this is something I definitely want your listeners to, to understand and what everyone should understand about paranormal activity. It exists, it is out there, but it is not all bad. It is not all malevolent. This house I loved because the activity made it interesting to be there and all of it was very playful and not you there was no there was no dark feeling there was no negative vibes it was all whatever was in this house and it was one of the only places that i would say i would almost describe as yes a ghost if ghosts are entities then yes this was a ghost and it was it was great so this house was in virginia on old land this house had been built i believe in the in like 1900 and then had been redone um a little bit later but the land that it was on was very well associated with the civil war so uh, very you know lots of stuff had happened there and and um but it was beautiful land and the house itself was beautiful and it was owned by this older couple really really nice couple and it was never told to me that this house was active but it was mentioned by my boss to me when she assigned me this house um the she said yeah they, they, you might find this could be a fun house for you so i took that as yeah there's probably something going on because she makes jokes all the time about the four of us that are totally fine like sometimes she calls us the ghostbusters like she, you know, she always she always tells us, "Yeah, get ready. This is a fun house." So, are you the Peter? Are you or... the Peter Vinkman of the group then, or are you the Ega? I take that completely as a um, uh, as a compliment. I I would love to be known as the Vinkman. I would hope so. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I definitely would be Vinkman, and probably our um, our. Uh, uh, oh Lord, Bill Murray's character. My mind is going blank. Uh, anyway, we have a we have one of the girls that that I work with. She is nothing but funny. She is we call her our voodoo queen because she came up from Louisiana. She's a transplant from Louisiana, and she she always jokes around. She's got the greatest thickest accent, and I love her dearly. And she's gorgeous, and she's funny, and she is you know. Uh, Never lets ghosts or anything else bother her. She's always happy to do those jobs, and it's quite funny. So she's like the Bill Murray of our group. But anyway, um, this particular house owned by an old couple uh, on an old piece of land. And when I first started working there, the activity was very light. But when I think when I – like little things, little things. One of the, the things is the house was all hardwood floors. So – and I usually cleaned this place alone. Nobody else was in the house at the time. On occasion, 
the uh, owners would come back during the day for various reasons. But for the most part, I was cleaning on my own. And I didn't mind it. You know, I'd put on my music, whatever, put on my podcast. And um, this this house, the, which started out very small, like uh, sometimes you'd hear footsteps. Um, sometimes you'd hear, um, like, very, very faint voices. But as if you were upstairs, it would sound like it was coming from downstairs or some from a, a, a room, you know, off the hallway that you were cleaning or whatever. Just very light, small things like that. But as I cleaned there, and I like to think it's because I didn't run screaming from the job, and I just <laughs> respected it. as, And I literally came to just think of this as whatever this is, is just part of the house. It's as part of the house as the old fireplace and the, you know, beams on the ceiling. It's just part of the house. And um, my, one of the things that it loved to do, this entity loved to do, is I would clean the kitchen, get done with the kitchen. It was wonderful. And off the kitchen was their mudroom slash laundry room. And I would go and I would clean, I would finish cleaning the kitchen, go into the mudroom and laundry room, finish up there, come out, and every cupboard door the every, every you know every cupboard door sometimes um sometimes the lids to a peanut butter jar or something that was on the counter the sugar and flour holders everything would be open wide open and what? i never would oh my heard, goodness yeah <laughs> never even heard that anything open because you open a you open a like your silverware drawer and it rattles like you'd think you'd hear that but i wouldn't hear anything there'd be no noise and everything would be open and I have no idea why, but to me it was almost funny. Like, it, I, I was just like, okay, this thing is just playing with me. And I'd have to go around and close all of the, the, the cupboards. And there was one time where I, um, but my favorite story, and I'll say this, one time um, my favorite thing that happened and was probably the pinnacle of the activity was I was upstairs and I was cleaning. And I heard the front door open, and I heard voices like there was a conversation. And I immediately went, okay, they, they're home. Um, so I, uh, and I heard a voice, and it was a woman's voice, and it said, where are you? It called out, like it was, you know, looking for me. It said, where are you? And I just, my mind thinking, okay, this is just the owner of the house, they, you know, coming back in. Um, I, I literally called out. I was like, I'm upstairs. I'll be right there to come out and say hi. So I, um, you know, finished up what I was doing and tossed my rag in the bag and went out into the main hall. And the main hall looks down on the main staircase and into the foyer. So I went out and looked down to the landing where I heard the noise and there was nobody there. But I could still hear voices as if it had moved into the kitchen. And the downstairs, to picture this house and kind of give a visual, it's like one big circle. So every door leads to another door, and you can end back up, you know, at the, at the front door. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I went downstairs, mm -hmm. and I went, and I heard footsteps like, I would almost say it was like a, a heels, like a high heels, uh, you know, walking around. And I heard, distinctly heard multiple voices. So I went into the kitchen. Nothing there. Just Nothing. And it sounded like it was in the living room. Like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but whatever. So I went to the living room. Nothing. And I could see from the living room 
into the foyer, into the back rooms, everything like that. And I was just like, there's, and, and by that time, the voices had stopped. It was silent, like pitch silent. And I could see all the way down and there was nobody there. There was nobody in the house. Nobody. And I was just like. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> so that is creepy. So it's like they were messing with you. Yeah. Like, like oh, she's it, in there. Let's go to the next. It, you know, and, and in this house, I mean, sometimes I'd be cleaning and it never failed. Every so often it was like I couldn't find a bottle of my cleaner that I always have. And I'm the kind of meticulous person. If I clean with the bottle, I immediately put it back into my bag because we don't want to leave anything behind for the customers. You know, we don't want to leave any rags. We don't want to leave any um, of the bottles. We don't want to leave anything like that. Oh, I always put it back and it would never fail. Every once in a while, I'd have a bottle of my cleaner go missing, and I'd look everywhere in the house and couldn't find it, or some, a duster, or something like that. And then, sure enough, the next time I would come to clean, the customer would be there, and they'd say, oh, you left this behind, and they would, you know, have it. And I don't know if that's just me being a bit of a, you know, a, a bit uh, flake, or whatever you want to call it, and leaving it there, but it happened to the point where it's like that's not me and I'm not doing that they're just taking my bottle so whatever was in this house was extremely playful and funny and it was not creepy at all and it was very much it just it it it's one of the houses that if you have to deal with paranormal activity it's preferable that it's this kind of activity because it was wild and it was crazy and it was out there. But again, it was very nice and funny. And I, I did. I ended up looking forward to cleaning for that. And since then, this couple, I cleaned for them for almost two years. And then the couple chose to, to move to a retirement facility. And I actually asked them on one occasion. I was like, do you guys know that, you know, your house has like like stuff going on in it? And the the man of the house, he just kind of smiled and gave this, like, weird look like he... And what's funny is he's a historian. He worked for the um, historical sites that were in and around the, the place where his house was. They had a they had one of those kind of villages where uh, pe- tourists can come and the people dress up. And it's kind of oh, okay. like Williamsburg, sort of like Williamsburg, but... Um, but yeah, so and he just kind of smiled and nodded, and nobody ever said anything outright. But it's it had to have been obvious that they knew this was going on. Well, I got news so. for you. If I if I walked back into the kitchen and every door and and drawer was open, <laughs> there'd be one more thing to clean, and that would be my shorts. <laughs> because it's so, it's so funny you mentioned that because my best friend, who will no doubt be hearing this, when I told her about that. And it never even occurred to me. I like watching horror movies, too. I'm not a big, like, slasher fan or anything like that. But I I enjoy a good ghost movie, you know, those kinds of things. Like, I like Haunting of of Hill House that's on Netflix and things like that. But Mm -hmm. she immediately went, oh, my gosh, it's just like that scene in Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. think for a minute. And I was like, there is a scene like that in Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! But on like six cents, I I don't see I don't always see the people, and I certainly am not scared of it. So, so so obviously though that owner doing what he did, living in that house, he he knew what that there's activity going on, especially if he's in historical buildings right. uh, dealing with that. I mean, there's I I don't think there's any 
doubt. And anybody that says that historical buildings, especially ones that would be in that part of the country where, you know, that's the beginning of the beginning of the country. And there's a lot of yeah. stuff that anybody that says that that energy isn't around is, is nuts or just, they can't, they just don't have a clue as to, um, what the experience is like because that stuff just I don't think it goes away I think it's it's imprinted well, there you know say what you will I'm sure you have a li- you guys even have listeners that are skeptics that they hmm. they might le- be like I used to be they love cryptids but the ghost thing is not for them you you have people that just don't believe and you know people out there that just don't believe it's why there's a stigma attached to it but in my opinion and this is my opinion on everything from cryptids to UFOs to ghosts or paranormal activity or whatever there's so much of it and so many stories and so much throughout history and it it usually harkens back to when an area has so much energy from history. I mean, you you talk about people seeing ghosts at Gettysburg or on the Antietam battlefields, and you know, or um, one of the places that is actually not too far from my home in D.C. It's a couple hours away. Is a particularly um, uh, is a place with a particularly gruesome history called Point Lookout State Park, and they have a lighthouse. And I myself have gone with my husband. You can go see the lighthouse. You can't go inside it. But it was once used as a prison camp, a prisoner of war camp for uh, the, um, I want to say, who owned it? I don't remember if it was the Union or the Confederate Army that had it, but it was a prisoner of war camp for, for the other side, basically. And there is a huge history, and you can talk to all sorts of people from the park rangers to guests who go camping there. There's all sorts of activity, and you're likely to you're more likely to find that on a place like a battlefield or a place that has all that energy and has had all that activity throughout history on it than you are to to go someplace like you know in the middle of the city or something like that. But there's where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's so many of these stories and so much of this stuff takes place that. I almost look at skeptics and go, I don't know how you can be a skeptic. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give you a little insight to, you know, before earlier today we talked to Seth Breedlove. Now, Seth Breedlove. Oh, so now, funny. yes, and and we name dropped you. To, we told him that you had already <laughs> ordered the the Mothman movie. I did. <laughs> Mothman is my thing. But he even he even said to us he is still only 80% sure that some of the stuff you know, exists. He's still a skeptic. And he's done 15 movies on Bigfoot. Yeah. But he said Mothman. he went from 20% to 80%. Well, he was like 100% he back to 20%. Back yes. to so different thing until something happened to him. You know, So even somebody who, you know, as much as we've talked about it and researched it, his knowledge blows our us away. He's still skeptical, but it's a healthy skepticism of so he wants to learn more. So, but uh, I think too, us living in a time where technology is so is is basically almost a biological thing at this point. You know, where it is a part of us, and you, there's so much you can do with technology to fool the naked eye, or 
you know, people do like to say stories or people do like to have, you know, try to find something to glam onto that, that makes it makes life special or more interesting. I think having the, uh, healthy skepticism is just that. It's healthy. It's fine. And we as human beings are prone to skepticism. And I totally get that and respect that. But I can definitely say for one, after having as much experiences as I have, I am I'm a believer. I do again, I don't know where all of this comes from or what causes it or if it has, you know, religious connections or it's just uh, you know, just pure science. I have no idea, but I do know that it's there and I I am I am a hundred percent believer. Well, I want you then let's get into the story. That you told me the other day. Let's let's get in the lead in to the some of the stuff that happened that comes to the climax of what you told me the other day that gave me literal chills on a seventy degree day in Ohio while I was delivering the mail. Okay, so this is I have told almost no one this story because it is so incredible. To the point where when this happened to me, I was immediately like, I need to call somebody. I need to call scientists. I need to call somebody to come out here and check this out. Like this is, this is, it was one of those things that really changes you as a person because of what you experienced. And it it has changed me in ways of, it has made me more open-minded and more and, and less judgmental for people's, you know, stories and things like that. And this is, the story of this house and i apologize in you know in advance to anybody who's listening goes this is there's no way this is real and i get that you know this is really hard to believe but uh so allow me to for the first time tell this story to the world hey, all right. <laughs> we feel very privileged that you are yeah. that you're going to tell it on our show that's right yeah, well, this is this is uh, this is an experience that I had that almost resulted in my boss not giving me any more of this, like not get, putting me in another house that was active and telling me not to do it, or you know, get, taking that portion of my work away because she was so afraid for me and my safety. And this is the only time I've ever experienced activity to the extent where, again. I'm not necessarily a believer in demons or anything religious, but if you want to call this demonic, this is probably as close as it gets outside of maybe an exorcism. So there's a house in Maryland. I'm not going to say where it is or anything like that. This house was basically built when Maryland was established as a state and probably before that. The land that is is on has been owned by the same family for generations of generations and the family's history which i ended up finding out through various means is something that could be right out of american horror story or something out of a you know a paranormal miniseries on television or a movie um to summarize it very briefly the people who uh, established themselves on this land and claimed it were from Scandinavia way back in the day. Um, I believe it was Norway, but I could be wrong. But anyway, and it has belonged to this family for forever. The When I came to the house, 
it was my this is one of the very rare times where my boss sat me down and said look this house is crazy this we will be the fourth cleaning service that these people have attempted to hire because no one will touch this house and i apparently was the second cleaner in our company to get this house because the first girl again um went in and lasted all of 15 minutes or whatever and ran screaming like she called my boss in tears and says i i can't I'm calling you from, you know, several miles away from this house because I just had to get away from it. So house, it's been, it's had things happen to it. It has burnt down a couple of times. It was blown over in a massive storm and it was rebuilt. But it's kind of an odd and gives almost like a Winchester Mansion vibe because (laughs) it's so, it looks a bit odd. And I came to find out the reason is, through the years, whenever something would happen to this house, they would actually have to hire multiple um, construction or builders or things like that because they actually had um, times where people who would go to build this house, to rebuild this house or to fix this house actually died. They died from accidents <laughs> during trying to fix So it. nobody's taken the hint that we've heard it that <laughs> And my first reaction, which I think anybody's would go, why do you still live there? Like, what is this? So, again, so can, can I ask, is this the people that live there descendants of the original uh, settlers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're, uh, yeah. okay. they're tied to in, the in, land. In a way, through marriage, through, through bloodline, through all sorts of things. But... The woman who owned the house, it had been in her family for years and years and years and years and years. And somewhere down the line, they got it because they married into the family that had it and just all sorts of things. The family, and I will say this, this is the saddest part about it. The family that lived there is, you can't define them by anything other than all American family. The mother was a teacher. Of course, that's that's what they want you to think. I mean, that's the perfect <laughs> cover for... <laughs> the mother was a teacher, father was a fireman, and they had one son. And the son was um, nine years old, I believe, and severely autistic, but the sweetest boy you could ever imagine. He just, he, he loved baseball, and he loved Disney, and he would, had the biggest Hot Wheels collection I'd ever seen. And he and loved he just, conjuring he was, up demons? And opening portals to the other side, and oh boy, okay. okay. Well, and this, and and I will get to him too, which lends a bit of credence to the story and makes it very interesting. So when I went, so my my boss said this this house has is is you know we are the fourth cleaning company. You'll be the second, you know, um, cleaner for this. Um, if you can't deal with this, because she knew at this point I had experienced a lot and especially i'm one of the persons she liked to bring on crime scene cleanups because i also have a very strong stomach i don't you know i just i i don't know what it is about my personality but i'm very chill about these things so she was just like if you can't do this house then we just can't clean and i was like okay no problem so i went to this house on a thursday morning bright and early to clean and i noticed immediately as i pulled up 
to their driveway that you get within a certain feet of the house and every bit of cell phone signal drops. There's nothing, no cell phone signal at all, which I found a little odd, but okay, whatever. So I go into the house and the, the lady of the house, she answers the door and she's very, very nice and very sweet, but just looks run down and tired. And I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, uh, from the first step into the house, something happened and that was in the entranceway to the house the house was relatively large and very nice um in the very front of their house in the foyer is a, a hall stand which most houses i would say have something of the sort and this is a very large heavy oak hall stand and i'm in and i'm talking to her i'm introducing myself and she goes to introduce herself and almost as if and this is why I say this. I understand that people don't believe this because some of it is so incredible. I introduced myself. She went to shake my hand and introduce herself. And as if to interrupt her, the hall stand moved. Like it probably moved like half an inch, but it, it slid. And this is a big ass piece of furniture. Pardon the French, but it's big and it's heavy. I don't think and that's French, like, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and then I looked at her, and she kind of looked at me, and you could see the expectation of her eyes of me running or something, and I don't, and I was just like, okay, and I ignored it. So I had her take me through the house, which I do with new, if I'm cleaning a residence and the customers do, I have them take me to the house. Um, show me around, show me where everything is, point out certain places they like more detailed than others. And every homeowner has a particular pet peeve. For some, it's pet hair. For some, it's dust. For some, it's, you know, it's whatever. And I, they did not have a pet. Um, I have a feeling I know why they didn't have a pet, but they didn't have a pet. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how long a pet might have actually lasted in this house, which is terrible to think of, but considering that, during my time of cleaning this house, I mean, this was a house where we actually had, on multiple occasions, birds flying to the windows while I was there, while I was cleaning. And some of them were like big crows would fly into these windows. And it was insane. Like the house but, wasn't there yeah. or something and the, and the crow didn't know? I, and, so. I don't know. But I, again... When I started researching paranormal activity for what it was, one of the things that was that that you know you can read about is um, in some places where activity and the energy of the house is just so, on such a level, it can affect the wildlife around it. And it, sometimes you'll have, and I know sometimes this is also associated with like UFOs or extraterrestrial activity. But you will have birds that fly into the house at, for, for odd reasons. And maybe once, maybe twice that can happen. But when you have it on a regular occurrence, then it's like, okay, something's going on. And these were big birds. Like these weren't little robins or cardinals. These were like we had, we had uh, like crows, big crows and ravens like run into this house. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was freaky to say the least this is one of the only places that i've ever been in where i literally it was freaky was the word i would i would describe it as creepy freaky scary like this was this house um so did so, you sense something like maybe it was demonic uh so when i have 
to to the very very few select people that I've told this to. Like yeah. I've told my husband about this. I've told my my best friend about this, and uh, maybe one or two other people. And their responses is almost demonic. Is is their their, their thoughts about it? But again, I'm of the persuasion where I. I don't since I don't know what causes this and I don't know where paranormal activity comes from. I can't call something demonic if I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know if I believe in demons. I I don't know. Right. So and I know some people might find that odd like how could you not? But I I don't know. I'm not necessarily a, a religious person. So I don't know if demons are a real thing. But okay. I think if they are you could definitely refer to this activity as demo- some of this activity as demonic activity. So, um, but anyway, uh, I didn't have much happen on the first day that I cleaned, which for me was really odd because I was like, why would anybody run from this? What is this? And they hired me to clean every other week. They, she really needed help. She really needed it. So every other week. So I, by the, but the, about the, so every time I went, there was activity, but it was, it was very small. But then on my third time I was there, um, I had the start of major activity. I was cleaning in a room um, where, come to find out, probably two years before I had started cleaning for them, the matriarch of the family, the, her mother, the grandmother had passed away and she had passed away in the house and there was her room and her room was normally um they they kept all the doors open and whatnot in the house but this room was at the very top you know very top floor all the way in the back um which i thought was a bit odd because usually layouts of the house that's the master bedroom but for whatever reason this was her room so whatever but i came up the stairs to do cleaning and I, when you come up the stairs, the master staircase, you can look all the way down the hall at all the rooms into this back bedroom. And I came up the stairs, and I saw in the doorway, backlit by the sun and the window, it was a, a, it was a figure. It was a figure. It was female in nature. And I couldn't make out a whole lot of details, but there was a, a dark figure in that doorway, and it was staring at me, and before I had time to really understand what it was I was looking at, just as my brain kind of latched onto the idea of I'm looking at a person, the door slammed shut at the end of the hall. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, <then."> man. Okay. <laughs> so I... Um, and you knew there was nobody so, there. That the, right? Well, but yeah, and at the time the house was empty, which normally when I clean, houses are empty. Not so much nowadays because of COVID, everybody's home. But that that time, you know, it's during the school year and everybody's gone. So I was like, okay. Um, but I went along cleaning and I went to uh, to go down to that room to to finish the floor clean i decided to leave that room last i was like okay whatever um went to open it and the door wouldn't open so me being me aka stupid thought the best thing for me to do was to try to jiggle this handle as like much as possible and trying to get it and i'm like i know for a fact this is not locked 
I was like, are you kidding me? And I was kind of like irritated and saying that. And I managed at one point to get the door open and it opened a bit, but it was like there was something behind it pushing and I managed to get it open and it shoved back really quick enough to where almost like my fingers were almost in the doorway and it hurt. And I ended up like I was holding my hand. I was like, ow. And I was probably cursing and I kicked the door and I was like, fine. You know, I don't. So I did not clean that room and they came home before I left. And I said, hey, I can't get into that room today. I don't know what's going on. I didn't tell her, you know, what's going, you know, what I had experienced. But I was like, and she just kind of was like, no, no, that's fine. She was very understanding. She was just so happy someone was cleaning. So the cleaning after that was when it got really crazy. I was in, I, I went to clean, same thing, went upstairs, the door was open, everything was fine. Went in to clean that room and I was dusting and it was very obvious that it, the things still belonged to this grandmother, the things still belonged to her, but they hadn't really touched it. So I was dusting and everything like that. And I had, she had a small, what I assume was a dish for jewelry or some kind of accessories. And I picked it up and I looked at it. It was china. It was painted very pretty, pink and purple flowers, just really cute. I was like, oh, this is so pretty. Like I said that out loud and I set it down. And then I was probably a couple minutes later, I was on the other side of the room and I was cleaning one of the windows and that dish got picked up off the dresser and thrown at me. And it hit the wall pretty close to my head, right next to the window. It hit the wall and it broke. And did I see it get picked up and thrown? No, because I didn't even realize it was thrown until the dish hit the wall and broke. But the dish got thrown at me. I'm assuming that's what it was aiming for. And I literally was like, what in the heck? Well, our policy is when something breaks on the job, because we are insured, we immediately stop what we're doing. Take whatever got broke if we're able to, to, you know, lift it, if something like that. If the person is on, if the customer's on premise, we bring them the item and we say, we're so sorry, this broke, you know, and let them know how to take steps if they want to replace it, you know, things like that. So she was downstairs when that happened. And I picked up the dish, which was, I will say this, it was weird feeling. It was kind of cold but almost so neutral in a way that it almost felt like I wasn't holding anything. It was so odd to describe, but I picked it up, brought it downstairs, and I, I put it in front of her and said, I'm sorry, this broke. But I looked at her, I'm like, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't break it. This got thrown at me. And she literally took one second to look at me and burst into tears. And this is where the story gets a bit sad. She was just like, I understand if you want to leave. I'm so sorry, all this other stuff. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to leave. I just wanted you to know what happened. And she looked at me and she goes, and this is where I probably made the stupidest decision that I could have made, especially since I said it out loud. She goes, you're going to stay? You're going to clean? Oh, my gosh. And I literally said the words, it's going to take more of a dish getting thrown at my head to get me out of this place. Oh, boy. Oh, my. That probably was not the best thing to do. What did I say earlier about sick and sadistic or something? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was after that, the activity really picked up. And I began, got to the point where I began to see 
the only way to describe it is an apparition. I wouldn't see it all the time, but it definitely was of an older woman. I saw this apparition. Usually it was very much out of the corner of my eye. Or sometimes I would be cleaning and I would look up and there'd be a mirror and you could see this apparition of this woman staring back at me in the mirror, you know, from behind me. And I'd turn and no one would be there. It's very very typical haunted house movie type of stuff, which I think is so wow. funny. A lot of the times why I don't really tell this story to a lot of people because this is so incredible. Who the heck would believe it? And it got to the point where I actually sat down with the, the, um, the woman who owned the house and I talked to her about well, what the heck was going on this house. I had to know. I was like, what is the history behind this house? And come to find out, that's when I found out that, you know, the house had a long and relatively dark history of, you know, a lot of things that went on with this family who, who settled there. They're from Scandinavia, and they, you know, all the things that, you know, they went through, and there was a lot of death, and there was a lot of um, things that just happened with this house. But I, I come to find out that it was almost like there was a curse on this house the point where they were never able to sell it or find buyers or get rid of it there apparently she goes yeah one time um like my great grandfather or whatever actually attempted to burn the house down and it killed somebody and they still weren't able to sell it and it's like they they can't get rid of the house she was desperate to leave and she couldn't get she just could not get rid of this house so i asked her i'm like well what do you think is in this and she was convinced that it was whatever, because she goes, yeah, I, I, I think that whatever this ghost is, she referred to it as a ghost, was says probably my great-great-great-grandmother or one of the grandmothers because I, I just feel like it's connected to my family. And one of the things she mentioned, because my mind immediately went to your son, like, is your son okay? He's young. He's autistic. Like, how does he handle this? And apparently this is what kind of gave her the idea that it was um, a family member. Her son was never touched. Nothing bad ever happened to the son. In fact, there was less activity when the son was home. And sometimes things would happen that would almost be like whatever this entity was, whatever this ghost was, was actually helping her son. It would help her son find things or... Um, sometimes she would say that, and this happened once to me, um, when the son was home one time, it was during some kind of break, I think spring break from school or whatever, but the son, I heard the son in his room and he was talking to someone and kids talk to themselves sometimes or imaginary friends. And, and I, you know, I peeked in the room and I was like, who are you talking to bud? And she, he would just, he just started laughing and like, but it, apparently it never touched the sun, never messed with the sun. But, like, it was so sad because it was also affecting their marriage. The father was a, a fireman, and they are home. They leave home for, like, stints. You know, they'll have, like, uh, a few days where they're not home, and that's their shift. Well, apparently the father was spending more and more time at work because he couldn't handle being in the house with all the stuff that happened. And a lot of times that that stuff started being directed at him and it was just such a sad unfortunate experience which i don't know i guess fueled my desire to stay and clean and do my job because this woman was under so much pressure and i i i couldn't imagine that you know not only are you uh, uh, trying to work you 
don't have much familial support. You're, you have a, a son with a, 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 you know, a learning disability who can be a handful sometimes. And you're also trying to keep the house clean and cook meals. Like, and you have all this ghost stuff. Like, who does that? Talk about Superwoman. So I was like, I'm going to stay. Well, this thing, whatever it was, did not like me staying, did not like things in the house that wasn't supposed to be there. I, everything from, I, I actually, uh, a couple of occasions, I ended up with gashes in my arm, like scrapes and scratches and cuts in my arm, as if something had been carved into my arm. And it was, I mean, no, no real discernible shapes or anything like that, but it was, it was like somebody had been, somebody had done that. I watched them appear on my arm. They'd. I'd feel like a burning sensation look down and I could see scratches on my arm that weren't there. There was one time that it felt like something grabbed my wrist so hard I had bruises. And I actually took pictures of those bruises so that, you know, I had this so my husband could see that. I was like, this is what's ha- like, this is crazy. And my best friend who's listening in showed me the one to tell you. She was just like, I... You know, she wanted me to leave the house because I told I would tell her about some of the stuff, and she was just like, "You're gonna take it home with you. This thing wants you dead." And the last thing that happened, and basically the absolute pinnacle top thing that happened, right before I stopped cleaning, was I was cleaning, and I went upstairs to one of the bathroom, the master bathroom, and I was cleaning in that bathroom. And there had been a lot of activity that day, and I was so fed up. And I'm like, I literally just kind of yelled. I was like, I'm just trying to do my job. Like, do you have nothing else better to do than screw with me? I was frustrated and angry, and I'm just trying to do my job. That doesn't pay a million dollars, I might add. And I have to put, not only am I scrubbing toilets, and caked on food on stoves, but now I gotta deal with your BS. Like, are you kidding me? Can you just leave me alone? And I was, I was wiping down the the sinks, and there was a massive mirror, um, you know, one of those built-in mirrors on the wall that you see with a lot of bathrooms, you know, with the four yeah. pegs in the corner, nothing big. I looked up. I don't know what caused me to look up. I, I don't know if I heard it first or saw it first. But I looked up into the mirror, and the apparition was standing there, clear as day, old woman, like, creepy. And she was she was mouthing something. And I could not, I couldn't understand what she was mouthing. I, I could hear it, but almost not hear it. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like that when you hear voices from an, another room and or from far away and you can hear the voice but you can't make out what's happening or what it's saying um but it, it was odd and i could hear it and all of a sudden the room got really really hot for like a flash second and the mirror on the wall shattered it shattered in big chunks and fell, and i literally was like holy crap and I was home alone, and I called my boss immediately. And right as I was on the phone with my boss, like, this just happened, and I have no idea what happened. Um, both the mother and father actually walked in. Um, they so they were the there, they were there when it happened? They were not there when it happened. Oh, okay. They came in. They were basically coming into the house when the mirror shattered. 
And I was on my, and I immediately called my boss. And they, next thing I know, they run upstairs because I guess they heard something. And they saw it. And the only thing I can say is they immediately knew that I wasn't to blame for this. And they were so worried about me. And I felt so bad. But here's the interesting part. So I left that day. I was pretty like, holy crap. I, I actually ended up having for maybe almost a month, two months afterwards, I had weird dreams at night. Like it was, I wasn't over anxious. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't, but I was, I was feeling so weird. Like something that happens to that extent, it, it can change you as a person. And it was, it made me question a lot of stuff. And I did, I had weird dreams and borderline nightmares for like a couple months after of things that I can't even describe, but I didn't get called back for a couple of weeks to clean for them and come to find out my, um, my boss told me because I stopped seeing them even listed on my schedule. And I asked my boss, I'm like, what happened? What's going on? Like, and she said, apparently they were able to sell the house and they moved. Don't know what happened. Don't know what, don't know why, don't know what me being the, even if it was me that caused it, that whatever was with this house, they were finally able to get rid of it. I don't know why. It's almost like a balloon, like burst and maybe like you standing up to it, cast it, you know, like it, it couldn't take it. It had been used to getting its own way, driving people away and you just stood up to maybe my boss kind of said something like that and i i i mean i'm not taking credit for anything i i do find it very interesting that suddenly i started cleaning for them and that's what happened but i will say this that's one of those stories that it was real it happens i could swear on any bible i can stake my life on it anything like this there are people out there that know it happened but that story is so crazy that I have no doubt you're going to have listeners that go, there's no effing way. There's no effing way. And I respect that because to, even today, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that happened. I don't know what that was. I cannot believe I experienced that. I will have to say that is, uh, that is the number one ghost story I've ever yes, heard. Yes, it is a, by far. From a listener or a guest. Because, wow, I mean, and the fact that you did not get hurt, I mean, that you were actually having stuff happen to you, like, physically, and that you stayed, um, I'm I'm standing by that you pushed the ghost or the spirit to the limit, and it couldn't... I'm wondering, I don't know, and I do not for any, at any time, any ounce, think that I'm some great thing that happened or I I'm really like strong or brave I'm just somebody that this stuff doesn't necessarily phase but that was just that was the probably the craziest experience I ever had and it's one of those things where you almost wish other people could see or you know see into my memories or see what happens you know, or sometimes I do wish I'd taken more photographic evidence or filmed something or, but I, I really couldn't because my phone really didn't work when I was there. But it's like, I wish people could see this because it, 
it almost makes me go, if people saw this or this happened to people, they would understand that this paranormal activity, it exists. There are houses and, and businesses and places you wouldn't even imagine that can have this activity. And th this stuff happens, and it's real. And I think that's what makes this ghost story, if you want to call it that, so interesting that this was a real thing that happened to a real person, that it's not just something out of Hollywood. It's not just something that, you know, it's not a story that I made up. This is something that really happened, and it makes me wonder all the time. And this is kind of where I say it changed me. Now, when I'm driving down the street, when I'm in a mall, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to the library, when I'm at a petrol station, I look around at the places that are around me and I wonder what happens when people aren't here? What happens when the lights go out? What happens to people who are on duty after hours? What happens um, in empty hospital rooms that nobody's in? What happens in hospital rooms where people are in? What happens between the book stacks at a library? It, you know, there's a lot of people that are in a grocery store where they're totally in their own little spaces and we're not paying attention. And some of those aisles might have something happen in them that only the employees know about. There are cleaners out there that I guarantee you if you ask them, if you have you ever cleaned a house where something happened, I can't imagine that you would not come across somebody like me that says, yes, there's this place and I had this experience. It is, it is around. These, these things are real. That's all I can say. Well, happy Halloween, everybody, now that M has totally <laughs> freaked everybody. <laughs> yeah, the authenticity. Wow. I mean, it's that... there. It, it, it does shed... It sheds another light on on this here whole deal here. On I mean, another you know, level. I mean, that's a whole another level of uh, of a ghost story, right? Yeah, there. it makes you think. Like, um, it and changes I, your perspective. Yes, yes and I don't does. care what you say. You you are a hero in many respects. That you stood there in the yeah. face of somebody obviously not wanting you there you persevered and um most people would have been gone yes been gone wow well, we were the we were literally the fourth cleaning company they had to hire because nobody wanted to do it nobody it's, so the new owners uh nobody cleans there or you guys don't, don't to be honest when so when this happens when um owners move on a some i'd say about it's about 50 50 half of the time a lot of times they they call us and they want us to clean for them in their new places i have customers where i have now cleaned for the same customer in three different houses just because i've they've always wanted me to continue to clean as long as they're in an area that allows for it it's totally fine and then you have the, the other half of the customers who they say, oh, we don't need your services anymore because we're moving, and you never hear from them again. And we're not in the business of checking up on people. We're not in the business of going back to a house and seeing who the new owners are or saying, you know, hey, you know, drop us. We, sometimes we do recommend, hey, if you guys are moving and you don't need us anymore, Slip us, slip our name to your realtor. Um, slip our name to the new, the new homeowner or whatever. If you know, if you can do that, that you know we're cleaning, and you know you can mention us. But it's a, it, there. It, there's not a lot of customers where if they don't need our services anymore, we they just we never hear from them again. I always, always, I will never ever go a day without wondering what happened to that family. I will never go a day wondering. And sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm not going to lie. 
I do wonder, did they actually manage to sell the house and move? Or are they still there suffering with whatever's going on and they just were too afraid to have me come back? You've never uh, you've you've never driven by and checked it out. I'm not going to lie. I have driven by the neighborhood <laughs> to see, and that's the other thing to remember. That's what's crazy. This isn't like this was a house in the middle of nowhere. We cleaned for those houses, but this was a house that there were other houses on the land. There were other there. You can you can look out the windows of this house and see. You know, not next door, but like see, you know, a little ways away that there's another house. It's not like they're totally alone. So like, yeah, I have gone and driven. But usually when I drive past that, I will say this, either the the couple of times I've driven past, I'm not a stalker by any means. But if I'm in the if I'm in that area for another place, there has been a couple of times I have taken a drive past just to see. I've never seen since then, I've never seen any of the lights on when I've driven past. I've never seen any cars in the driveway. I've never seen anything. Nothing much has changed about the house, but I've never seen anything to suggest almost that anybody's living there. It's really odd. Wow. That's... Yeah. That, the aftermath is almost as creepy as what happened. What happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, well, now that you have probably scared all of our listeners all three of them okay it's been a wonderful halloween <laughs> it's been, i, I, I want to touch on you know before before we uh before because while wow, we've had you a long time but man this is some good stuff i want to touch on something that you said you guys also do which is crime scene cleanup um yes why and <laughs> it's like, you know, give me some, give us something creepy because we know there's got to be something creepy that's happened happened at a crime scene so, cleanup. Oh yeah, so crime scene cleanup, somebody's got to do it, right? That's kind of the motto with crime scene cleaners. Somebody's got to do it. You can't just have something happened, a crime happen, and we're talking and a crime encompass. The word crime actually, when it comes to crime scene cleanup, encompasses a lot of different things. Um. Actually, I mean, this could be anything from... I mean, for, I, for me, it would be dropping a donut. I'm just telling you, that'd be a crime scene. <laughs> if I dropped a donut on the floor, I, that would be... Like, yeah. Uh, so, like, I've cleaned up crime scenes where there's been a shootout and somebody got shot and died. I've seen... I've cleaned... Um, a, it, it, the saddest part about us, so we're not actually... We don't advertise as crime scene cleaner cleaners we um are we are thought of as a third party there are official businesses where that is what they do that is what they specialize oh, in and okay. but if there is an instance where it is an emergency that is local to us that and none of the other crime scene cleaner uh cleaning businesses because they are around um you'd be surprised but uh, if nobody else has the manpower or the ability to get to a scene, they'll contract out to us. So for a lot of us, the, the scenes that we do are rather sad. They are a lot of suicides, a lot of drug overdoses, and a lot of 
Um, there's actually been a lot of times we are also certified to do hoarding cleanup. And I have actually been in a hoarding cleanup that, that has turned into a crime scene because I have actually gone to the hoarding cleanup. It's really nasty. It's a hoard, you know, if you've yeah. ever seen the show hoarding, yep. that's hoarding. And I and my coworker went to one of the back rooms to start a cleanup process in the room and we're cleaning off the bed. She's holding the bags. I'm putting stuff from what's on the, the bed into the bags. And I go to pick up something off the bed, and I apologize if this, if anybody's squeamish or anything. But what I grab and I pull, I realize is a limb of a person, and realize that we are looking at a dead body that sadly expired underneath a mountain of stuff. Oof. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, we also you don't think about it, but. Well, I will if now. Is, I will now. There's an accident. <laughs> and there's a car accident, and a uh, body is pronounced dead on the scene. And there's a lot of some of those bodies don't exactly make it out of that accident hole. Somebody has to clean that up, and you, there's a very specific. That's why you have to be certified to do it, because you have to be certified in the use of certain chemicals and tools, among other things. To, to clean these things up because it's bodily fluids left behind. Sometimes it's pieces of the body. It's, you know, it's the, these things happen. So that's what we clean up. And yes, you did get plenty of creepy stuff. And we, uh, like we, I mean, and a lot of the time, it's actually, I've had more experiences in houses that are totally normal that I'm cleaning than I have on crime scene cleanups. But we've, We've had a few interesting experiences. We've actually gone to, um, like, the house that we are going to clean. Things will happen in the house that are very unexplainable. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's an interesting job. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so on that, on that note, for all of our listeners... We're gonna we're going to have you if you want to hear one of M's great stories from her crime scene cleanup, we are going to have you go to our Patreon page if you are a member and you will get to hear one of M's stories about crime scene if you dare. If you dare go <laughs> listen, we're not just gonna we don't want to put this out for just the average uh, maybe unsque or squeamish person. <laughs> so, so uh, on that note, we'll end this episode. Tell everybody happy Halloween. You want to say happy Halloween, Jason? Happy Halloween. You want to tell everybody happy Halloween, Em? Happy Halloween, guys! Thanks for letting me prattle on. <laughs> ah, ah. This- Hopefully, this episode puts some shivers in your liver. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, so Em, hang on, but we'll tell everybody, uh, have a good night, enjoy uh, Trick or Treat tomorrow, and uh, join us on the Patreon page and hear a little story from Em. So, goodbye, everybody. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time. Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.